All right. So the, uh, we're continuing in Galatians um, this today. Uh, the, Meyer, the author Maya Angelou, she once wrote the following. She said, most people don't grow up. Most people age. They find parking spaces, honor their credit cards, get married, have children, and call that maturity. What that is, is aging. So the truth of the matter is that even if we are blessed to be given a long life, uh, that's no guarantee that we will actually grow up or mature. It's especially true in terms of spiritual growth. Today we're continuing our message series on Galatians, and we come to a section where Paul uh, challenges the Galatians to grow spiritually and in their relationship with God. And we've been talking a lot in the past few weeks about uh, the differences between legalism and the gospel of grace. And one of the tragedies of legalism is that it gives the appearance of spiritual maturity, but in reality, it leads the follower of Jesus back into a second childhood experience. The Galatians, like most of us, uh, wanted to grow in their walk with Christ, but they were going about it the wrong way. And as we've been talking about it the past few weeks, the Judaizers convinced the Galatians into thinking that going back to the law would somehow make them better Christians. They thought they were going forward when actually they were regressing. So you might be familiar with John Wesley. He was the uh, co-founder of the Methodist denomination along with his brother Charles. So here's how he started out. He was the son of a clergyman. Um, he was full of good works. He did ministry in prisons and sweatshops and slums. He gave food and clothing to children in the slums. He fasted every Wednesday, every Friday. Um, and he took both Saturday and Sunday as his Sabbath. He studied his Bible. He prayed. He gave regularly. But throughout it all, by his own admission, um, he was bound in the chains of his own religious works. So on Pentecost Sunday, May 21st, 1738, John Wesley, um, interestingly, had been reading Martin Luther's commentary on Galatians, the uh, commentary I quoted extensively from a few weeks ago. And when he read that, Wesley experienced a conversion. He said that before this experience, he was not a Christian. So he looked back on all of his religious activity before he was truly saved, and he said, I had then the faith of a servant, though not that of a son. So I talked last week about how if you've placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, then your, identif your identity first and foremost is as a child of God. Understanding our identity in Christ has the power to free us and the power to transform us like nothing else. This week, I want to talk about what it looks like to grow in grace, like practically, here at Life Church. 
Like, we don't want to just get older. We want to grow, right, spiritually. So what does that look like? Some churches try to accomplish spiritual growth through um, solely the preaching on Sunday mornings, right? Like, the unspoken assumption is that if, if you've heard enough good sermons, um, that'll do it. Okay. Others will say, um, we know that we can't do it all on, on, through the preaching on Sunday mornings, and so everyone should be in a Sunday school class um, so you can learn even more about the Bible. But that doesn't quite do it in most cases. Some churches treat spiritual growth as sort of a, a buffet, Okay. The church works really hard to give you a large menu of things to choose from, right? And then you step up to the buffet and you pick whatever looks good to you. But what I've come to realize uh, in my 18 years of ministry is that spiritual growth happens best as we, we pastors, help followers of Jesus Christ be filled with the Spirit, learn to be led by the Spirit, and help people identify and take their next steps of growth in relationship with other believers. Okay? Spiritual growth is paradoxically a collaboration uh, of three individuals. So one, you as a follower of Jesus are involved. Philippians 2.12 says, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Number two, God is involved, obviously. The next verse there, Philippians 2.13, says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And then three, the pastors and leaders in the church are involved, Right? Our, one of our verses today, Galatians 4.19, says, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So our job as pastors is to create steps for your spiritual growth and to communicate those steps as clearly as possible. So much so that a person could walk in, walk right in the building, or visit our website, and go, okay, that's my first step in getting connected and growing around here. So it's not like this puzzle where you have to sort of like try to figure out, figure stuff out, who do I talk to, that kind of thing. Our job as your pastors is to create those steps, that pathway, and make it super clear what that is. Your job is to begin taking those steps. And then the Holy Spirit's job is to begin to change you from the inside out, which only he can do. So the first thing that we know is that it is important for every person in the church to have a place where they are known, they are supported, they are encouraged, where they can regularly be prayed for, where they can be prayed to be filled with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, where they can practice um, hearing from the Lord, they can practice using those gifts, that is a small group. 
okay? So ideally, everyone in the church would have three to 12 people who know them and who they do life with, okay? We're already at a size, like right now, we're already at a size where it is not easy to know everybody. And God willing, if we continue to grow, it will be that much harder. So we all need a place to quote a phrase from a 1980 sitcom where everyone knows our name. Y'all know that show? My cultural references are dated because I'm getting older. So there will come a day when I say something, I'll just have blank stare. <laughs> and then I'll know I'm old. Okay. So we need a place to know and be known. Um, where we are unconditionally loved on and accepted right where we're at, but then challenged to grow into who God created us to be. The second thing we know is that every follower of Jesus is called to some kind of ministry, whether it's inside the church or outside the church, right? But it is some kind of kingdom ministry. If you are called into saving faith in Jesus Christ, you are called into some kind of ministry, okay? We want to help you discover what that is, and then we want to help equip you to do that. Our responsibility, according to Ephesians 4.12, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Okay, so the third thing we know is that we need some kind of clear pathway at Life Church, a discipleship track, if you will, um, that helps each person do the things I just mentioned and learn and grow spiritually. Okay, something really clear, something really simple, um, where us pastors come alongside you and help in the relationship, help you identify and take your next steps. So let me introduce you to the Life Church Discipleship Track. So uh, it will include three classes taken in sequence um, Life Church 101, 201, 301. Um, as well as a series of core discipleship classes. And those classes uh, can be taken at any time and in any order. Okay, these are not just for new people. Um, we are wanting everyone to go through these. So even if you've been a member attending since 1978, has anybody here been here since 1978? Yeah, a few. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you should take these classes, 101, 201, 301. All right. So Life Church 101 has come up on the screen there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's all about connecting. We call it connecting. Um, it's an introduction to Life Church. Uh, church, you'll have an opportunity to become a member if you're not one. Uh, we will do it in either two 90-minute sessions or one three-hour session. You'll get to meet each of the pastors. You kind of hear a little bit about the, about the church and the different ministries. Definitely hear about the vision and the core values, those kinds of things. There's a little bit of a small group experience where you'll get to meet some people. Uh, and then we will offer this four times this fall and then probably settle into a rhythm of 
maybe four times a year starting next year. We just want to do four of them this fall to make it so we can get as many people through it as possible. So, like I said, we'll cover the history of the church, the vision, core values. You get to hear from each of the pastors, learn about membership, uh, and have some small group discussion. That is Life Church 101, a three-hour class done either in two sessions, two one-and-a-half-hour sessions, or one, one, one three-hour session. Okay. So, after 101, now here's where we, we really get into the, the nitty-gritty. 201. 201 is growing. So, uh, in 201, you will hear more from each of the pastors, like a different pastor will teach each of the different sessions. There's six sessions. Each of those sessions will be an hour and a half. Uh, you'll meet some of the elders. You'll learn about uh, the different ministry areas in the church. You'll take a spiritual growth assessment. You'll take a SHAPE assessment. SHAPE is an acronym. It stands for spiritual growth, heart, abilities, personality, and experience. Um, the first assessment is to help you figure out what your next steps are for spiritual growth. And the second is to help you figure out how God has uniquely shaped you and discover what he's calling you to do. After 201, every person who takes 201 will have a one-on-one -on -one sit down with a pastor. And uh, they'll typically take about an hour. Um, they'll ask you to share a little bit of your story. Um, they'll go through those assessments with you and try to help you figure out what your next steps are, okay? We wanna do this in the context of relationship, okay? 301, Life Church 301. You can put that up there, yeah, leading. So in 301, you'll hear about what leadership looks like at Life Church. Uh, this would be the class to take if you feel called to lead anything at Life Church. Um, so that would be probably be three sessions, two hours each session, and again, different pastors teaching that as well. So in addition to uh, this 101, 201, 301, uh, we'll also be developing a, a uh, series of core discipleship classes that aren't necessarily sequential. Um, you can take them in any order. And by the way, these are all up on the screen, but they're also on your sermon notes because, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of giving you stuff to take home. Um, so you won't have to memorize all this. It's all on there. Um, but I'll just sort of talk you through each of these. So baptism, like, um, I feel like a church isn't really doing what it's supposed to be doing if we're not regularly seeing people come to faith in Christ and get baptized. Right? So, uh, we have 14 people signed up to be baptized today, so that's a cool thing. Um, but, but we want that to be a regular rhythm around here. I would say at least starting out quarterly, where we do baptisms. I don't know if you know, but there's a baptistry right under the stage here. So, we want to use that as much as possible, right? Okay, so baptism, uh, the second one is Alpha. Most of you are familiar with Alpha. Um, I'm a huge fan of Alpha. Um, I've led that for, for as long as I've been in ministry. It is not just for new believers. Um, it's also for, it can be pe for people who've been walking with the Lord a long time. And maybe you just have some, some questions. 
Um, you know, typically, as when I've been involved in Alpha, um, we've offered a free meal, there's a teaching, then we break into small group discussion. Um, my favorite part of Alpha, though, is the Holy Spirit weekend. And so we'll begin offering Holy Spirit weekends. Now, what I've discovered is um, it's best to create Holy Spirit weekend as sort of a standalone event that anybody can go to. Okay, so like, yes, it's part of Alpha, but hey, anybody can sign up for Holy Spirit Weekend. Like one of the things that I found in interesting is that uh, we as a church, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, so then I started asking the question, well, where in the rhythm of the life of this church can someone experience that or sign up for that or, and nowhere, as far as I can tell, like, it's just not part of the rhythm. So, so that needs to change. <laughs> so we need to have those offered several times a year, a Holy Spirit weekend where there's a whole, whole bunch of teachings on the Holy Spirit, and then we like, okay, now we're going to do it. And then we pray for people to be filled with the Spirit. We pray for them to be filled, you know, for gifts to be released and all that kind of cool stuff. The thing I love about Alpha is that for years... I have seen people sign up for Alpha who were previously unchurched or they were just relatively new in their faith and they go through that Holy Spirit weekend and they experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and I'm telling you, like they have no language to describe what it is they're experiencing. There's no learned behavior, there's no learned language. It's pure, it's beautiful and it's undeniable. So seeing somebody like go through that whole thing is just like, sign me up, right? So we will get that going too. Uh, I mentioned, I think last week or the week before, a uh, spiritual formation class um, done in three parts. We will launch that as well. Not sure when. I mentioned doing that this fall, but I don't want it to compete with starting small groups because... I probably need to be the one to start this spiritual formation class. And so if I say I'm leading this and then all, the, all these people are doing s small groups this fall and then everybody signs up for my group and they don't sign up for the, you see what I'm saying? I could like shoot myself in the foot. So that'll come probably not this fall, spiritual formation. Um, Oaks of righteousness. So one of the things that I have um, realized as I've been here is... Um, there's a whole lot of hurt in this congregation, pain. Um, a whole lot of healing that needs to happen. And uh, I'm t I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I would not be in ministry today if I had not received healing for many of the issues that I dealt with. I, you, I've, I've mentioned several times I grew up in a dysfunctional, poor, abusive, alcoholic home, like like that all like plants seeds in you that makes it really hard to like trust and love and you know all those things that like never mind a Christian should be able to do but a pastor definitely should be able to do, right? And so I'm telling you I would not be um, here had I not experienced the freedom that I received through an inner healing ministry. And so we will get that going here. That takes a little bit of time um, but the the, key, the goal is to launch that next fall, fall 2022. Uh, probably need a class on how to read the Bible. That's on the list. 
um, learning to minister like Jesus. So that's a class on uh, prayer and the Holy Spirit, right? Like how to do uh, the, the stuff, like how to, how to, all this stuff I've been talking about in the breakthrough series, but done as a class where people can practice and learn and, and that kind of thing. Financial peace, uh, most of you are familiar with that. Um, you know, it's really hard to, to do the things that God's calling you to do when you're burdened with debt, lots of debt, right? And so um, God absolutely transformed our financial lives by following um, the principles that were in there, you know, like the whole debt snowball and, you know, consolidating and like do, we do the envelope system. We've been doing that for years. We do it on our, on our phones. So I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff. Um, probably need a missions and outreach class. And then something regarding worship. Like, if worship is a big deal, and it is a big deal, then we probably need to help this congregation grow in our ability to worship, right? Okay. So, in addition to this discipleship track, um, this fall, like I said, we'll be launching some small groups, hopefully some common interest groups. I've mentioned those before and some other discipleship classes. So let me start with small groups. Um, if you haven't figured it out, this is a nuts and bolts message, sort of an unpacking of what is to come. So uh, small groups. Small groups uh, might be doing a sermon-based study um, where they discuss the sermon each week using a study uh, that I will have a team of people writing based on the sermon each week, so it makes it super simple to, hey, I wanna, I wanna lead a small group, and then you pick up the study and you can just do that. Um, or they might do a video-driven study using Right Now Media. Most of you are familiar with that. We subscribe to that as a church. Um, or perhaps a book study or a Bible study. Common interest groups, I've mentioned these before. Some of my favorite groups. Um, sometimes I have a hard time convincing our more seasoned followers of Jesus, the value of these, because you're like, what value could there be in, you know, whatever, like a, a car group or a motorcycle group. But um, it is where, there are groups where people use their interest in something to connect with unchurched people who wouldn't normally come to a weekend service and they wouldn't normally come to like your typical like Bible study kind of thing. So it could be like dog training, could be fly fishing, could be a car group, a motorcycle group, softball, volleyball, board games, crochet, uh, whatever. Their primary purpose, though, is to reach the unchurched. Okay, I've seen over and over again people who would never darken the doors of a church come to one of these groups, build relationships with followers of Jesus, and eventually they start coming to church, they give their life to Christ, and we're baptizing them. So, got a really huge heart to reach those people, okay? Um, discipleship classes. So, um, and this is different from the core discipleship classes I was just talking about. So, they are what will replace uh, what we currently call Sunday school classes, at least for our adults. Uh, we're still figuring out what this looks like for kids and youth. But the idea is that someone with a teaching gift can use that gift to teach a class, but it could be any day of the week. 
Uh, and it doesn't have to be Sunday morning. And it doesn't even have to be at church. It could be in somebody's house, right? It just opens the door to a whole lot of possibilities. You know, maybe you have a teaching gift, but like Sunday mornings didn't work for you. Well, let's, let's blow the door out on that, okay? Um, we will also launch these classes and these groups on a rhythm of the trimesters. So, like when you were in school, it's kind of like that. Fall, spring, summer, right? So, um, so here's the upcoming schedule, and I've, I think I put it in your, in your handout there. Um, tomorrow, tomorrow I'll be emailing out way more details than what I've given you. It's way too, there's way too much for me to communicate just standing here. I'm going to email, when I say email out, I mean like all of you. Uh, tomorrow, um, information about all this stuff and with an online form. And I would strongly encourage you to pray, talk with your spouse, whatever you need to do. Um, about whether or not the Lord is leading you to um, lead a group, a class, or a ministry, okay? And I'll sort of unpack like, you know, okay, I've had this class, or I'm a member, or I'm not, you know, these kinds of things, and so what can I do? You know, we don't, we want to be sensitive to that, but I, I strongly encourage you to read through that email I send you and pray about how, the, how God wants to use you. Um, so here's the point of all this. Um, let's say you've never been to church or maybe you haven't been in a long time and you show up at Life Church. Okay? Um, you're not judged, but you are loved on and you are accepted right where you're at. Okay? You begin to experience God's grace and you experience Jesus with skin on through the people of Life Church. Okay? And when you walk in, it is super clear. Like I'm envisioning there's like going to be some big banner like in the gathering space. And it's like, oh, this is, this is what you do around here. So I'm going to sign up for Life Church 101. Okay? And it's like, like, I don't know. I'm just envisioning like this big, you know, blah, blah, go to this kiosk. Okay, I want to sign up. You know, that kind of thing. And maybe you sign up for a small group as well. And then after you take one-on-one, that literally begins a process where we come alongside you and help you take your next steps. Okay? Those next steps might be taking uh, uh, the next class. It might be helping you get in a small group. Or it might be something entirely different. Like maybe you're going through a crisis. Maybe it's financial problems. Maybe it's health issues. Whatever. We want to come alongside you and walk with you on your journey. Like that's the point. Remember that thing I drew about spiritual growth? And it's not this, you know, up and to the right, it's like this, you know. And someone pointed out to me that my diagram I looped. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it failed the test to be a function. <laughs> anyway, that's my nerd humor. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes um, we may have been walking with the Lord for a long time, but that's where we're at. We're in the dark night of the soul, right? We need, we need help. We need people to come alongside us. 
Um, sometimes it'll be a pastor. It, it, sometimes it'll be a member of a particular ministry team. But whoever it is, we want to come alongside you and help you grow and equip you for whatever God has in store for you. I absolutely love seeing stories of people who, who have come out of the pit. Like, that's why I do what I do. I've literally seen that happen with ex-cons, strippers, had a great friend who was, he was a corporate guy. He had been a corporate guy. He embezzled money from his workplace and went to prison. Uh, when he got out, like the, the burning thing on his heart was the homeless because he came this close to like being homeless himself and he ended up starting a ministry for the homeless, starting a 501c3, like a nonprofit. One gal I know uh, went to prison for drug usage and possession. After she came out, God like gave her a heart for prisoners and she started a prison ministry and she eventually became a pastor. I knew someone else who was a rocker, like back in the 70s, you know, really long hair, a drug addict, and he had trouble with the law. He is now an awesome worship leader, as is his son and his daughter-in-law. Like they all play together. All of those people were people who encountered Jesus at church, like they encountered grace and they encountered the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, what better way to live our life than to invest anything we have towards seeing lives transformed for eternity? Like the rest of, like who wants to play church? Who even wants to pretend like somehow I've got it all together? Or, no, it's like I'm going to point to like all of my wretchedness that God took and transformed for his beauty and his glory. Because I want you because, who just walked in the door to know that God can use anyone. It's not about me. It's not about you. Like from Genesis to Revelation, God has a history of using messed up, broken people for his redemptive purposes. Like people need to know that. They need to know the good news of the gospel. They need to stop listening to the voice of the enemy who is shaming and condemning and accusing them. And they need to know how much God loves them. And they need to like meet him. Not just hear about him, but meet him because it is in his presence that we are transformed.